Hello, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to another interview for Technology Uncorked. My name is Jeff Quattromani, and today we have a really interesting interview. Today, we're talking about chatbots. And you may have seen it. You go onto a website, whether it's an insurance website, banking, whatever it is, and there's a little bubble in the corner that you can start talking. And you're probably talking to a robot, even if it might feel like you're talking to a human being. We're seeing the next level of chatbots come in where Facebook business pages are being integrated into those chats. You're actually using Facebook Messenger to engage and get customer service through that as well. And, you know, are you talking to a human being? Are you just getting a dumb robot? Where is this technology going? And Dan is the right person to talk to about this. He is the host of the Chat Marketing Podcast, and he also works for a company called Organic Digital, which specializes in chatbots, particularly around the use of Facebook as well. So, a very interesting conversation with Dan. I love talking to him. He is from Melbourne. So shout out to everyone who listens here from Melbourne. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Dan Pinney, uh, the host of the Chat Marketing Podcast. Don't, don't forget to check that out if you've got an interest in this area. Otherwise, you're all just about to get a behind the scenes look of chatbots. Now, Dan, if we were at a barbecue, uh, tell me how you'd introduce yourself and what you do. It's a great question. I deal with really nerdy tech stuff that um, I annoy people in their messenger inboxes and automate all those little chatbots that they sometimes chat with. Um, and basically, my, I'm more interested in online than I actually am in person. So, <laughs> so, so you're essentially, you're the man behind the chatbot. Yeah, effectively, yeah. Well, at least I programmed what they should do next um, and, and hopefully it's somewhat entertaining. I feel that I can have a little bit more personality in chatbots than I can in, in, in actual person. So it's it's actually a lot of fun trying to build them. So yes, I am in in all the good ones, of course, Jeff, none of, none of the boring ones. I'm sure, I'm sure. Now look, personally, I'm pretty reluctant to call a business. Like I'm, it's very rare that you'll see me. I don't care what I need. Probably if I need an ambulance, maybe. Um, but I'm pretty reluctant to pick up the phone and dial a number. I'm always looking for an online form to book a haircut or, or if I can use live chat, whatever it is that just keeps me at my desk doing something else while also working. How do you define what you know chat is and how they work? Tell me how, how you un understand chatbots. Yeah, so I, I describe chatbots um, as just a medium to deliver information that it can be any other medium that a business uses from whether it be Facebook ads or copywriting or email marketing or whatever. Basically, chatbots just help them do it more seamlessly, um, more automated, sometimes not fully automated. Um, mm. And something that has, you can have a conversation with a business that generally helps solve that immediate problem that you're looking for and then hopefully engages with them down the track, being able to have a, I think it's actually helps create a more personable relationship with customers. I know that sounds weird when you mention the word bot because you automatically yeah. think of this this robot that's sitting behind there and can't understand actual human beings. But if you have some fun with it and being able to program different things in there, you can actually generate a really close relationship with people. I mean, on a on a business side, they'd be taking what I'd imagine they're frequently asked questions that you know customer service normally has to deal with. They program that somehow into the chatbot with what they would want to be the answer. 
How does a chatbot allow for variations of the same question? Is that is it a manual process where you need to sort of rewrite what the same question could look like in different ways, or how do you how do you do that? Yeah, you can do it in so many different ways. It's sort of like how far down the rabbit hole do you want to go with stuff like this, and you know yeah. the ability now and the accessibility of um, AI inbuilt solutions. So you know the chatbots that we work with work with Google Dialogue Flow, when they gradually learn to chat with people over time and they learn the phrases that they're using and we can program what the reply will gradually be. So at the start, you kind of start with a bare minimum and the real common questions and, you know, just by chatting to staff members or sales members or whoever has those conversations and just picking their brains around what are the common questions and how do they frame them and how do they ask them? Um, some of the pro tools that we use and, and that are really accessible to businesses out there have pretty the, the bare bones of it but they often satisfy a lot of things you know if you're looking to book a haircut or book a table we can program to say if someone types a word book um hmm. reply and ask are you wanting to book a haircut or are you wanting to book a, a, a table so stuff yeah. like that um and just the the worst thing um that you can actually do when it comes to a lot of this automation is try to do too much and try to hmm. like answer every single question fully automated because if you get one chance at trying to have this experience with customers. And if you stuff up and if you go down that rabbit hole, you know those old phone conversations and sometimes you get them on the tax office and they're like, did you mean yep. this? And you go, yes. And you go, did you mean that? No. <laughs> um, and it's to and fro for minutes yep. on end and you just give up, right? Yep. It frustrates you. So we start with just the bare minimums and then just build on it from there. It's never an immediate thing. And to be honest, a lot of businesses, and I still recommend this, still need to have that human touch. Um, mm -hmm. And people still want to have that human touch. I don't want to be treated like a number or, um, you know, most people know that they're chatting with a chatbot um, or yeah. with a virtual live assistant. So they still want someone to, particularly if it's a, a subject that's unique, it's, you know, it might be really sensitive as well. Mm. Um that they're just questions that you just set expectations. And that's probably 90% of what we do with people is just be like, thanks for your question. We'll get back to you when we can. Um, here are some answers to some questions in the meantime. But one of our actual human beings will jump in and answer this question for you. I like that. I like that because at least it knows I've gone as far as I can help. I'm just a robot. Here's my box. I'm, you're asking me something that's too too hard but we're going to handle it elsewhere. I kind of like that because that was going to be my next question was around, you know, how you measure performance of, of a chatbot with a customer service agent. You can easily track their metrics. You can see whether they're failing, whether they're doing well, customer complaints and things like that. Is there a way of tracking a, a conversation that a chatbot has had and where it's broken down or, or been successful? Yeah, I mean, we often, we track every conversation that people are having and, and recording different files. So, you know, end of the month we can sort of go back and say what questions were missed or mm. what questions are people asking that maybe we need to come up with an answer for but you know chatbots are more than just just the operations side of things and they're now sort of getting to this point in time where they're uh, they're a revenue generating um system and we sort of have the three arms of a chatbot yet yeah, we have marketing sales and operations and your operations right. is a lot of people and that's often where they start that's what they often think of chatbots they think of mm. well it's a q and a faq type thing that answers things but it's actually an opportunity to be able from a, a sales perspective to make sales to recoup you know um, abandoned carts all those things that you might be doing via email before or to send offers 
Um, you know, from a marketing perspective, it's there to push out content. It's there to, you know, generate leads and qualify those leads to take quizzes, all of these different things. And it ends up becoming a really sophisticated system where it's replacing a lot of what businesses are doing. And when people compare it to other mediums that they've done before, particularly email, and that's often just just because it's a lot of people know email, obviously, and they can look at and they know what email automation is. They can generally look at numbers and be able to tell the um, effectiveness of it. That's easiest to compare to that. Mm. So now people are kind of going down. Well, well, what's next? Like you know, we've we're generating these conversations, and because they're in the systems that we use, um, you hear me talk about ManyChat a fair bit. ManyChat's one of the, the probably the number one um, program that you need to build these chatbots. They effectively right. become a list and a, and a subscriber in there that you can re-engage with them. So, you know, you might have answered their question, but, you know, let's say you did come along and uh, book a table or book a haircut. There's an opportunity to get a review. There's an opportunity mm, to follow true. up. There's an opportunity to say in a month's time when, you know, uh, Melbourne goes into lockdown, but you've got all this fresh produce for the weekend to say, SMS you back or message you back and say, we're doing online orders for the weekend. And mm. the chances are that compared to maybe an email that you might have got from the same venue, um, when you're looking at just pure numbers perspective, open rates are you know, generally 90% or plus for your messenger side of things. SMS, it's even more, and they read the messages and the click-through rates are incredible uh-huh. as well. So when you sort of not comparing apples to apples, but a lot of people will do that with email and email is becoming crowded. I mean, mm. by the time we finish this interview and you check your email inbox compared to when you check your messenger inbox, I can almost guarantee which one's going to be more flooded, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and as businesses, they're like, well, I've got a, on average, you know, one in five people um, will open your email, 20% of them. So I've got to get five or four extra leads just to get that one person to open an email. It's like, it's hard work. Um, mm. And this is something that, this is a, a medium that more people are using and, and customers are used to because they're using it with friends and family and it's now flowing into the business space. And I've got to touch on this too because you started, to, you raised a really interesting point that I probably wasn't starting the interview thinking about was I, I see chatbots as I go to, you know, mybarber.com and I want to book um, a haircut through the chatbot on the website. But here we're talk- here you've also mentioned around Messenger and engaging with Facebook pages through through chatbots as well. And I'm starting to see that coming up a lot more. And I'm wondering whether that's a more trusted way of talking to businesses because Messenger feels like there is somebody on the other end. And even if it is a chatbot, there's something about engaging through a messaging tool compared to the little chat bubble that pops up in the bottom of someone's website where you're thinking, okay, what's this actually doing? Whereas now we're talking about using Messenger. When I do that, how much information am I giving the business by engaging via Messenger compared to anonymously on their website in a chat window? Yeah, so as soon as you open up a chat, we just get your name and your first name and your last name. Um, okay. until we ask for um, any other data around emails and phone numbers, et cetera, you've explicitly got to give that to us, but we don't get access to it and it doesn't get saved in any of the systems. But the great thing from like the the seamlessness of the Facebook Messenger space is that if you do ask for an email, Facebook Messenger will show in a little 
bubble just below when we ask for it, that email that's attached to your Facebook profile, for instance. So you don't even need to type it out. You just tap it. And if Mm. you've got your phone number there, same thing with that as well. So in a couple of button presses, we've all of a sudden got your name and um, your email and your phone number to then be able to, and then that we just sync that to your other systems as well. So if you've got your email system, we send it over there. SMS, you can send it over there as well. But going back to your point around Messenger, it is a space that, just so many people are obviously using and it is a much mm. more personable space. Um, I mean, the the two, um, it's the second most um, popular messaging app on the app store, only surpassed by its, by the other one that's owned by Facebook, which is WhatsApp. Um, yes. And so soon you will see what we call interoperability where people, users, and I've started to see it this week um, in my Facebook Messenger app actually where um, I can have Instagram conversations um, yes. in my personal messenger. Soon that will be WhatsApp. So it'll all be one app soon. So people will just be able to choose where they want to have that conversation with you and with the business. And when you open up the capacity to have automated conversations via WhatsApp and via Instagram, as well as Messenger, all of a sudden you're dominating yeah. a fair bit of that mobile messaging space. That is pretty huge. And I, and I have to ask about that um, WhatsApp change too, because from memory, that's why there's been this huge upswing to boycott, to boycott WhatsApp because the, the terms and conditions have changed for WhatsApp. But realistically, this is the change that's coming and is really such a small concern for people to be panicking here is that what we're basically talking about is businesses now being able to use WhatsApp to engage with you. And that's why they've had to make this this terms and conditions change. It's not actually that they're going to make WhatsApp the same as Messenger yeah. or all this. It's, it's just that, isn't it? Yeah, it's just purely that now people can have a chat with a business profile and, and when yeah when you start building chatbots for, for WhatsApp, you need basically a business profile. And it's, it looks and smells like a personal profile. It just yeah. says that you're a business. And, and WhatsApp just says by having a chat with this person, they'll get your first name and your last name, the same as you would via Messenger. Okay, and this is and this is why I I look at hashtags on Twitter and I and I probably shouldn't, but when they start trending, you have to pay attention. And it's like boycott WhatsApp. I'm like, oh, what's going on here? And then you read it and you go, oh, really? People are are that upset because no one's actually read what's what's going on. They just see we're all leaving, we're all leaving, abandon ship. Where are we going? Well, let's go. And then it's just bananas. But the other thing I wanted to ask around chatbots, because in some of my experiences with them, it hasn't always been good. But can the chatbot detect sentiment or or anger and sort of understand that this needs to be escalated to a real person based on what I'm saying? Yeah. So again, it goes back to that sort of integrating with Google AI and the dialogue flow and mm. flagging certain terms in there. And there is a feature in, in the many chat program that, you know, as soon as if this message contains this, then send an email and an SMS to the admins of that Facebook page to say, you need to jump in now. Um, mm. Or a lot of people, you know, we, um, combined with other ticketing systems as well, Zendesk and plenty of the others, and it can put another label or a tag on that to be like, you know, you've um, uh, with that that ticket needs to be escalated um, up to someone in there as well. Interesting, and I and I probably suggest there's a number of businesses that are trying to use chatbots to emulate a real person or to try and make people feel like they are talking to someone real. And sometimes it can probably fool people, but sometimes it may be very obvious that they're not. Is there a, is there a code? Is there something we can type in that would make them reveal themselves? Can we do something and suddenly a software version pops up or something? We go, oh, you're actually a robot. Is there, 
Is there a way? Yeah, not 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 from the messenger space anyway. But uh, <laughs> it, it's interesting you mentioned that because um, only in the last or towards the end of last year, um, the European Union changed a lot of their policies around automated messaging programs, and pages actually have to reveal over there that they are chatting with a chatbot. Um, really? you, yeah, you need to you need to reveal it and say. And so there's a few restrictions in the messenger space, but um, and they've started changing some of the policies, but one of the things that remains is that you need to say hi so-and-so and and often we this is you know going back to having a bit of fun with that we'll give the chatbot a bit of personality and we'll give it a name you know um whatever chatbot it is hey i'm so-and-so i'm your assistant here um i can answer some stuff but not all of it uh if you ever need help you know just type help and i'll come and get my human mates to come in and um Mm -hmm. and answer your ticket um but just being able to set the expectations and some people will always at least test it once. Some people will try and actually break it, um, which is always fun in those conversations. (laughs) But then you're right, you do get the other people that, um, you know, don't actually know that they're having that conversation with someone and and some of the features that uh, when you're building them and when you're showing them the the features of a chatbot and one of the ones that always, it's so simple that it blows people's minds is, you can add this little delay type thing and it adds that little, you know, that little sort of jumpy blip blip when someone's yep. typing in a messenger, it adds that in there. And so they're not actually typing. It's just a three second delay. So we don't bombard you with a bunch of different messages. So just adding some that. human touch and people, they get their, their query answered and they're like, oh, thanks so much. Just a fantastic customer service. Um, and you're welcome. Um, but yeah, people, they will still, if, you obviously have that that good experience, but we always make sure that we just stay up front. Welcome. My name's so-and-so. Yeah. Here's the answer to your question or here's how I can help. I like that. And to be honest, when I used to be on hold, if I would ring up a call center and I'm just hearing the music endlessly, there used to be a trick. And I don't know if it still works or if it's sort of been revealed and they've squashed it, but you used to better just smash, I think, the number one key or hash or something. And suddenly you would be bumped up the queue. It would just escalate to the to the first available person. Um, and I used to love it when it when it did work because you hear the music going, oh, I'm not waiting for this. And I think it was, I think it was number one. You just pressed it like five times and suddenly you'd hear the phone ringing and then and the, you'd get an answer. Is there anything you can do from a chatbot side to get something like that if you want to speak to a real human quickly? Yeah. Where you go, I don't want to deal with this chatbot. How do I just talk to someone? Yeah, often it either comes back to at the start, introducing it and saying, here's a keyword to be able to do that or yeah. matching an answer with a particular keyword. So if someone says help or want to chat to a person, something like that, you can answer a reply. Um, it comes back to the page being able to do it, but also, mm. you know, the um, the people is if if you want to get an answer from someone in Messenger, then just type a bunch of messages until they jump in there. Their their phone will be vibrating. They still get all the notifications that you have with them. Um, yep. So just keep on asking that question. It doesn't necessarily always mean that they will jump in there, um, mm. but they're going to get those notifications. And at least when they see that conversation, they know that they need to take it seriously or or, or more urgently. Anyway. I like that. And and you mentioned earlier around voice. Um, are you seeing voice come into the whole chatbot equation where, you know, we've been talking about just typing into um, a chatbot experience, but what about when I talk to my Google or Amazon speaker, are businesses jumping on that to create their own voice assisted bots? Yeah, voice is like the next frontier. Um, it's it's going to become huge and being able to, you know, um, put what your doing in, in that text version and then try to replicate it with a different yeah. 
digital assistants as well. That will be the next thing. Um, you know, that, that video that went viral the other um, couple of years ago from Google that was booking a hairdressing appointment, um, being able to do that, you know, simply by being able to chat to one of them and doing certain tasks and chatting back to find out exactly the information that they want and doing that is, is going to be huge. So it's, it's probably not as prevalent as the text version because a lot of, a lot of people will, you know, and you mentioned it before when you're either on, um, on hold to a phone or when you go to book an appointment with someone, you look for their automated booking system or a, a form to be able to do that it's because we like to multitask and you know in messenger you can you can have that conversation and you can leave you know you can leave the browser um and you can go for a walk and those messages will always be there in messenger and you can have that conversation on the go i don't need to sit there and True. wait for you to reply there as well so that's that's one of those benefits um as well but yeah voice will definitely be um will be the next thing will be certainly becoming more more popular and i love that example and i think anyone who's listening who hasn't heard that phone call it's freaky it's so good um and when i was at um i was at ces i think it was two years ago now they maccas did a demo of their new drive-throughs that are coming where there isn't a person actually sitting in a window you'll just talk to the speaker and you're actually talking to a machine but you're placing your order doing all this work and it's, I guess, a chatbot in some ways, but it's actually what Maccas will use to take your order in the drive-thru. Yeah, that's crazy, huh? Those poor yes. teenagers are going to be out of a job. They'll just have to flip the burgers if they yeah. still are allowed to at that point. Might yeah. just be a robot in the back doing that too. <laughs> now, now, Dan, tell me, you've got a marketing podcast. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, it's a chat marketing podcast, funnily enough. So I, I chat to people about chatbots. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, a, it's, it's only relatively new, but... Um, I chat with people in the industry and, and their backgrounds and their stories. Uh, the industry is really fascinating It's because it's, it's only relatively new. I mean, chatbots sort of have been around for a long a long time, but good chatbots have really only realistically been around since 2016, 2017, which is a blip on the radar when it comes to tech. So um, the people that are in the industry and the leaders of it are really close to it. It's a great community. Um, it's not a... Uh, it's a very different style of community, different backgrounds, different cultures, very female-led um, mm -hmm. as well, which is very different for tech. Um, mm -hmm. But it suits uh, it suits the medium and having that personality to be able to understand emotions and EQ type thing. So it really mm -hmm. suits um, this medium. And yeah, I just chat to people about their background, what they're doing, all the experts in there. Um, you know, if if you're listening to this, you can open up the podcast app you're listening to on it and just search for Chat Marketing Podcast and give it a subscribe and have a listen to the few of the experts in there as well. Good advice. Good advice. Now, Dan, the rest of the questions, I guess they're not really about chatbots themselves. Maybe you'll find a way to weave it in, but it's actually more about yourself. And uh, you know, they're, they're quick and easy. There's no wrong, no wrong answers yet. Um, no, no guest has given a wrong answer just yet, but you know, there's still time. All right. Now, tell me, what's your what's your favorite app to keep you organized? Um, I still go back. I probably don't use it as much as I used to. Um, but my Evernote app is, I have like, I reckon probably a decade nearly worth of records yeah. in there. If I lost my Evernote app, I'd be lost. I have a lot of information in there that I, I go back to, but Evernote, um, I don't know. I was onto it early and I use it for so much. So being able to sort out my life. So Evernote would probably be it. 
No, fair call. And favorite social media app? Is it just Facebook? Yeah, it'd probably be Facebook. I mean, yeah, it's it's interesting, you know, your Facebook market. I don't actually tend to use it as much personally because I spend so much time on it anyway. Yeah. I, I find it more fascinating from a business perspective. But, um, yeah, look, Facebook, probably their, their suite of apps as well. I think Instagram is um, interesting, particularly in this time um, of the world. It's a bit of an escape more than anything. Mm. So I use it to escape uh, some of the some of the other things that are going on in the world or <laughs> try to anyway. And speaking of escaping, when you do have five minutes to spare between meetings, what's the first thing that you want to do on your phone? Um, it would be probably, unfortunately, just jumping on Twitter, seeing what um, is happening at the moment. It's often a good little, I find Twitter good in bite-sized chunks because um, mm-hmm. otherwise it frustrates me if I keep on scrolling. So a little five minutes here and there to spare is about my limit for Twitter. So, yeah, that's is that just common for everyone who uses Twitter that it is just garbage most of the time? That's hard to actually leave Twitter happier than when you started. Yeah, it's like if you just go down that doom scrolling type thing, it's it yep. just becomes something else. So, yeah, it's good to get just little updates, um, see what's in the news, seeing anything I'm missing, um, mm. and then if there is anything, I'll generally go open one of the news apps for ABC or something like that, and then to see if there's anything else that I'm missing. But but yeah, Twitter's yeah. probably my first point of call, unfortunately. <laughs> Fair point. And do you wear a smartwatch or a traditional timepiece? Um, I'm not wearing it at the moment, but I have a traditional timepiece. Um, mm-hmm. It was a gift. It's a really nice watch. Um, it's, uh, the, the watch band actually is made from pineapple leaf, um, funnily enough. Really? So yeah, it's a, um, it's a new type of uh, this new brand that's um, doing some amazing things with um, they're called Pinatex is a, is a type of material. And so they, they weave it and um, it's, a, it's a really awesome little idea and they're doing all these kind of plant-based um, solutions to different things and the technology behind it is fascinating. So I always look down and that looks at, I look at it going, this is actually made out of pineapple. That's pretty crazy. It, for me, yes, it's crazy, but it's also applying something that you would never have thought to be related from one industry to another. And that's why I kind of like it. It's just who sat there and went, yeah, I can use this pineapple leaf for yeah. a watch band. Yeah, like, exactly. Someone exactly. did that. The tech and the, the person that invented it, I just think, how does your brain come up with that? And also, I wish I had to come up with that idea and, and had the yeah. knowledge to be able to generate it as well because they're doing very well for themselves. I love that. Now, when we used to jump on airplanes, were you an in-flight entertainment system? Would you bring your own device? How did you roll? Uh, I, I am the person that would... Uh, go to the website and see what is currently um, being viewed, <laughs> streamed on the in-flight um, entertainment Organized. system beforehand. I'm like, how long does this flight go, you know, particularly overseas? All right, I reckon mm. I could probably get this many movies in in that time. The hardest part for me is trying to stay awake um, the whole time. I know that I should probably sleep, um, but I'm like, there's just so many movies. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm absolute. I'm, as soon as I sit down, it's open, it's on, movie, done. It's also guilt-free because you're yeah. thinking, well, I can't be anywhere else. Exactly. I can't do anything else. No one's going to be upset that I sat down on the couch for eight hours because that's what I have to do. Yeah. And I'm just going to enjoy it. It's yeah. just the best thing ever. Exactly. What do you love to do to disconnect, Dan? How do you get away from tech? Um, golf is always a good, um, good option for me. It's always a cool. um, few hours that I can, I can disconnect and people generally can't hassle me. So um, that and then um, just getting out and hitting the pavement and going for a run. Um, yeah. yeah, they're the two big things for me. So something that, you know, I can just at least, um, I don't actually have the option to be able to check my phone. So I think if I don't have the option True. to be able to do it, 
that means I can actually escape rather than be tempted by it. That makes a huge difference. And look, this is our interview episode. And on Thursdays, we do a, a news and reviews episode where I usually, I'm usually opening a bottle of wine, um, maybe having one, maybe two glasses, depends how long the show goes for. Um, if you and I were sitting, I mean, we're obviously virtual today. If we were sitting down at a, at a bar, uh, coffee, beer, wine, what would you, what would you be having? Yeah, definitely be beer. Um, it'd be, you know, I, I think there's just so many good little beer brands out there now, and I just feel it's my duty to go and try and test as many of them as possible. So, um, give, give give me a recommendation because I know you're right. I go to a, a Dan Murphy's now, and there is so, so much. So many, yeah, it's nuts. Yeah, I'm I'm just working my way through um, the the top 100, the Great Australian Beer um, top 100. Um, so mm. they're always my recommendation. I'm just like. I just go to the top of my list and just gradually work work my way through them. Um, yeah, there's it's it's been the amount of beers that have come on uh, coming yeah just to the market are absolutely crazy. But um, it's, it's exciting though. I love it. Yeah, it's yeah, it's great. And the, and the um, just I guess the creativity in some of them. I'm like how like you really need to be like mm. almost a professor professor degree to be able to brew beer these days. By the sound of it, with some of the flavor combos they're coming on with. Yeah, and make it successful. I think it's having a good beer, but then actually marketing it, the labeling. There's so much to releasing beer. You can't just you know start doing it in the backyard and then suddenly you're a overnight success. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. It's quite difficult. Dan, you've been a champion. Thanks so much for joining us today. I think we've all learned quite a bit about chatbots, and I know you've got a code on how to get past them very quickly. But um, we'll just have to keep <laughs> yeah, keep asking the robots for the answer. Secret. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> mate. Thanks for joining the show. Uh, pleasure. Thanks so much, Travis.